I was just going through your bio stuff, so I have some questions to ask and just kind of see what was going on. Okay, uh, great. Thank you for coming back on the show. I know the last time it was so hard. You were on a on uh, you had a movie something right doing some kind of film. Yeah. <laughs> so this this works better. Thank you. You may see my kids and stuff walking by though. My son just came by with his water, and so he started checking his hair in the in the screen. <laughs> <laughs> So you know how it works. It's going to be just a conversation between me and you, and we'll listen to some of your music. And uh, anything you want to talk about, feel free. Anybody you want to give shouts out, I have no problem with that either. Okay, great. Ready to roll? Yeah. I just fluff up the hair. It's a little flat. <laughs> it's all audio, so I don't I don't keep any of the video. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm in the woods, so my internet is so bad that it, it would take me literally two days just to upload the video. Yeah. <laughs> so I always use audio. I, one day I would like to do video, but until I can get the faster internet, it's not going to work. I'll have to go sit at a, like a, uh, my sister's uh, office just to get fast internet if I wanted to do that. Oh, wow. <laughs> so like I said, it's just conversation. We'll talk, have a good time. Um, feel free to talk anything you want. Okay, perfect. All right, everybody. This is the Georgia Songbirds, and we are here with Miss Emily Thackerat, right? Thackerat? Okay. Yeah. I, th- I thought so. We, we tried this before and it, it, it didn't work. So uh, I'm glad you came back on. Thank you. So introduce yourself, Emily. Tell, me, tell us all about you. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me back on. I'm so happy that we can finally make this work. Um, so, yeah, I'm a singer songwriter based in L.A. and um, also a fashion designer and it, it was through fashion that got me into music and songwriting. Um, I loved music since I was little and would sing my own songs. And that was something I wanted to do very much so. But when um, it was time, you know, for college and stuff, I just, I felt like I would rather have my foundation be fashion and if by some chance I could incorporate music, then then I guess like it would be for me. Um, so I put music to the side and went to France to study fashion design and um, really fell in love with just designing and got to discover my aesthetic and just what really motivated me to to just follow fashion the way I had um, since I was little. So um, after almost five years living there and um, a full year of interning with different companies, I decided to move to LA and start my own brand. Um, I had I, I had spoken with a lot of designers and um, that worked for for different like luxury brands, different levels. And um, they told me that, you know, if if you really do want to have your brand one day, it's better to just do it now rather than later. Okay. Um, yeah, just I guess like, you know, you get a lot of responsibilities and it's not the easiest thing. It takes up your entire life, which I found that out very quickly. <laughs> what is the name of your brand? Um, it's under my name, Emily Dacaret. So okay. which became kind of... Um, Something that I uh, kind of struggled a little bit when I decided to to co- like yeah come out really as a songwriter singer performer, 
Um, I didn't know if I wanted to use my name because it was tied to my fashion brand. Um, and I just didn't want to be the face of my brand when I first started out uh, doing collections. I wanted it. I wanted the collections to stand out and speak for themselves. Okay. So um, when I did my first fashion show, that's when I met my now producer and collaborator, um, San Santi Precha, who um, has a background in film. Um, so he's a film composer. And we got together to work on this like French pop, but very retro song for my fashion show and uh, fell in love with that process. So we just kept on collaborating every time I had a new collection, which was twice a year. So after three years of doing that, I just, I really wanted to to come out with more music and not just the two songs a year. Um, I took some time off from designing and went to um, the Musicians Institute to become a better songwriter, learn how to produce my own demos too. And it it was a little frustrating because coming from like the design, a design background and wanting to write my own songs, it felt like there were things I wanted to explore, but I didn't know how to communicate them because I hadn't had like, you know, proper training in producing. Um, I had been a vocalist all my life but just didn't but it was mainly like choir and theater so um this was just a whole other world for me and I wanted to be also like a stronger partner for my producer so we could really collaborate and um so I surprised him a year later that I had five songs (laughs) and um sent the demos to him and asked him if he wanted to produce them and you know, he and I told him this has this isn't anything with fashion. It's uh, me trying out something completely new now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we were both really excited to get into that and really dive into like not doing songs that had the score like feel, mm-hmm. but um, were more pop songs and um, kind of exploring our style and really pushing it even more. So um, that was uh, Cannibal, my first EP, and which is a lot more electronic. I mean, and a lot of that had to do with it was me producing it. And I do like EDM, so I wanted to like bring that into it. And then um, we did have live musicians as well for the final recordings. And um, following that was my album, Yours Always, and that one, I just knew, okay, I want to go back to just a live band. So um, that was uh, that was kind of challenging because a lot of it, we or pretty much the entire album we did during COVID and lockdown. So it was a lot of, you know, um, working remotely and uh, coming up with this this new album that I feel like finally really feels like me. So yeah, it's been a great journey. <laughs> now, see, it's pretty cool because fashion and music has always kind of went together. Well, I said not always, but I know they started doing like the Victoria's Secret thing when they had like the live the live bands playing. And it, it's to me, it's like why why was I never thought of before? Because it is. I mean, they're walking down. I got music playing. I've never been to a fashion show. 
my daughter loves fashion stuff. At one time she wanted to be a fashion designer. So we're actually going to California. Uh, we're coming out there, I think in the summertime, like around June or so. And, oh, wow. uh, so if I can find a fashion show, if you know of any, I'll let you know, I'll be there. Just tell me where it's at and I'll go see it. Uh, because she wants to see that stuff. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I've never been, I wear jeans and shirt everywhere. That's my fashion. I'm a horrible fashion person. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not good with anything. I grab the first thing out of my drawer and I put my jeans on and that's it. <laughs> that's, that's how I go about my fashion. I know I'm a train wreck. I know if that, and part of, of being like professional music and stuff, I get that is style. And I think because you do your own stuff, which is really cool, that helps you kind of, again, you've already kind of you branded yourself with your fashion. So now you get to brand yourself with the music and kind of interchange it. And I find that really cool because that's, that's a hard thing to do because it is a business and it is a visual business. And I know that's part of it. Right. Yeah. Um, that's so true. And that's amazing. Your daughter wants to do that. It's, uh, it's not easy, but it's so rewarding and beautiful to work in this industry and to, um, and my recommendation would just be to always be true to yourself. Um, as a designer, I, I don't follow trends. Um, that was one thing that I think it, I guess as a student in the beginning, you do look at trends and try to see like what's coming. Um, yeah, what's coming up and like what kind of would work, but um, follow your intuition. And I feel like that that makes you stronger and it helps you develop this this brand identity, which is what, um, uh, you know, I was scared to death doing it the first time. And, but it was amazing to, to see people react to it and um, and be excited for it. So definitely that just translated so well into music. And um, so my music tends to be, I mean, I would like to think it's kind of timeless. I don't, I don't like to date things. And, and I think by kind of keeping it true to yourself and letting yourself evolve, even if it means you know, diving into different genres or blending genres together, it keeps that timelessness in, in whatever you're doing. Now, do you play any instruments yourself? I don't play. I wish I, I can play the keyboard a little bit. Um, I wish I had kept at it when I was little. My dad, he tried so hard to get me to go to piano lessons, but I was also a <laughs> dancer. So um, I was that was my one day off when I had to go to piano lessons. I had dance every day. And then um, my poor parents, because on the weekends I had dance competitions. So I kept the family very busy and my brothers were extremely patient because they would also have to go watch me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I've got um, my daughter. She's a twin, her twin brother. So they're like between football and cheerleading. Luckily it's the same time of the year. So they can kind of, they can kind of do it that but she's getting into now wrestling she wants to wrestle and oh, weight wow. train and and she wants to make her own stuff and i'm like that's time well you run out of time so i've tried as much to do that and then i get it because i've had with kids especially you want to you want to try to nurture them and so that they can they can try new things because i'm always like don't sit here on your phone don't sit there and just mm -hmm. you know when i was a kid go outside that's what they told us go outside and play you know so we did now it's so much different because of all the the phones and the, the mechanical devices and they're always on it and it's like okay you're 
you're watching other people live their life and you're not living your own. You got to, you got to experience and experiment with stuff. So I was telling them, if you're laying here in the house, not doing anything, I'm going to find some work for you. <laughs> Cause I can't. Oh, that sounds like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I think all dads sound like that. <laughs> yeah. He would, um, we would always like, watch tv while he was out and then and we just knew the minute that he came home after work was like okay we have to turn tv off and go to the backyard and play or he would just be like okay get your bikes we're gonna go bike around the neighborhood so yeah i get that (laughs) so now i was reading your bio so you're originally from kansas right and then y'all moved to california when you're little yeah do you remember kansas at all uh no i don't but i have gone to visit it's really pretty. Yeah. And, and we were we were there when there was this beautiful like, thunderstorm. So and like my parents love that. So they would always like reminisce about their time in Kansas with that. So I've been through Kansas. I've been to LA and I've actually been to Paris too. My my wife is from Germany. So we went over to see her Oma and then we took a train to Paris. Now you were there for five years, right? You said for in Paris? Did yes. you, can, can, I assume you can speak some French now? Yes, okay. I do. <laughs> I, I see. I, I couldn't, my, I, I know I went there and I'm like, uh, but I would only there for like maybe a week, a couple of days. Cause we went to the Louvre and then we went to, um, the Eiffel Tower, of course, to see all that stuff. And what surprised me about Paris is it's nothing like the movies. It is. It's nothing like the movies. <laughs> there's a lot of culture and a lot of history, but I mean, there's, we got off on the train station and we stayed because we were had little babies. We stayed at the holiday Inn right by the train station. So it was a rough area. Did now, did you live inside of Paris? Did you have a, like a flat or something out there or did you kind of, I did. And I, I think I know which ho- I, so if you're saying you stayed right by the train, I wonder if I think my, when my mom came to visit once she ended up, um, getting yeah staying in a holiday inn because she wanted us to go to disney paris so it was like closer to go there mm-hmm. and when i got there i was just like oh mom this is not the <laughs> best place but let's make sure to get there like you know before it gets dark right um but yeah <laughs> yeah um no i lived um in the 16th um, so that's like uh, near the Eiffel Tower okay. and Lac de Triomphe. So it was like right between the two. Okay. Now, uh, have you been anywhere like with your music and stuff? Do you get to play out now? Do you go play out anywhere? Or do you just do like your shows or how do you, how do you do that? So I've been playing in LA, which has been really great. Um, yeah. You know, so <laughs> it was sad. I did my first show. November 2019 so that was right when my EP came out Mm -hmm. and then started to okay I'm going to plan to do more shows 2020 and then 2020 happened so right uh, (laughs) so I didn't play live for a long time and um I so last year I I started um playing live again and and um trying to kind of arrange my schedule so after February, yeah, after January, so February forward, I'm going to try, I'm going to be booking more shows now around LA, Um, kind of lets me stay close to work too for the other things I work in in fashion. 
Um, but would love eventually to tour. I think like once maybe like maybe do another album and I feel like there I'd be kind of more ready to to take it to some other cities as well. Okay. Well, let's just let's listen to one of your songs. I'm gonna share the screen and so you can see uh everything. And I said I will always these are pre-recorded, so I always edit some of this out in between. Uh, okay. there it goes. So what song do you want to play? You can play for us first. So yours always is uh the title track of the album, and it's also the uh French song in okay. this album. Uh, you're, now tell me the story behind it because I'm a songwriter too, so I like to hear the stories. Oh, okay. So yours always. Um, I knew I wanted to title my album this way, um, because I would always, <laughs> I'd always uh, sign off for. I loved writing letters to everybody, especially um, to my mom and and my grandmothers. So for Mother's Day, I would always write them poems and sign it off yours always Emily so that just felt so right for my first album especially with this album so many of the songs are extremely personal to me um this when I wrote them this was when I had lost for the first time somebody in my life so this was my grandpa and um, it was very difficult. So I actually don't look back, which is the the first song right there. That, and I think it's the most popular one of this album. I wrote right after I had uh, a dream with him that he came and looked so happy. And it just, I woke up and went straight to writing. And um, yeah, so this song just really kind of helped me to let go, but also kind of understand that the the grief we feel, it connects us to those people always. And it's this type of love that can never go away and it, they, it keeps them with you, but um, you can still be happy. So that that's what Don't Look Back is. And maybe we could start with Don't Look Back since I just talked about that one a little bit more than yours always. Uh, that's fine. We, we start with Don't Look Back. Like I said, we'll get three of them in. I always, I'll let you guys get three. So we can we can do that. So we know we'll do Don't Look Back. Because that, that to me right there, it sounds like it means a little bit more to you because of what, of the dream and, and the feeling. So like I said, with songs... It's all about making people feel, and even, even if it's, this is a personal story, so it, it's, it's one thing, but to make people feel it, they're going to, they're going to put their stuff together. And the way you said it talking, my mother died in February of last year of 2020, 20, yeah, 2021. And so I, I had a dream the other day or two about her. So you say that it makes me, makes me think about it, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to mute us and then I'll play. Don't look back. Just give me a thumbs up when you can hear it.
I like that. Thank it, you. It's I love. I always write my little notes on here, so I always when I listen to a song because I try to listen to it and get kind of thoughts for it. And it's to let, that's what says what I think gets lost in pop songs like that. What you told me the story of that song when I listen to it, it sounded like a love song to me. I, that's what I would take is just listening. I think that goes to the pop, but sometimes these pop songs have actually deeper meanings that people realize. And that's why I always ask the story behind it. Cause I want to, I want to hear the story. Then I'll take a listen and see what I think. And I think it's cool because it will, that song you mentioned timeless earlier. It's always going to be a feeling of love and, and looking back on love. And even that's not even what it's, it is. And it's not, it's kind of it's more about your grandfather, but it's, it fits always that's a timeless statement it's always going to fit that way and i love the that fact about it and also the the solo with the instrumental horns always like i like weird things in songs when you throw like something <laughs> like, i was like oh that's where the horns come from i like that stuff. <laughs> thank you so much yeah but that's true a lot of a lot of uh the stories are lost in pop and i think like people are i guess we're so used to just kind of discrediting pop that way um but I don't know there are times where maybe that song and that actually happens to me too when I write sometimes I write a song and in that moment I'm like oh okay cool I like this song um not really sure where the ideas came but it works it fits I understand it and I go record we produce it comes out and then something happens. I mean, that don't look back. I did write after my grandpa's passing, but there have been songs I've written in the past where, I mean, sometimes a year later, I listen to them and things that have happened in my life. That song is like what I needed to hear in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the most beautiful thing about music. How music is it, it's just emotions being strung together. And in a way, trying to, you can kind of materialize those emotions through music. And um, depending where you are in your life, it can, sometimes you have more attachment to it or not, but it it just moves you. And the other thing that I love about music is, I mean, we haven't mastered time travel yet, but with music, you can go back and remember things you've forgotten. And uh, this album, yours always, that's kind of the central theme as well is memory and um, and memories kind of being my never, never land um, along with the shadow, which kind of um, in, in the book in Peter Pan, the shadow, you know, represented both like mom, his mom and um, many different things. So that's kind of how I took it that these shadows are just different stages of our lives that stay with us and whenever we need them they're there and we can escape to these memories that still that can never go away and um, and I think music just has the power to keep them alive yeah and you said a couple inter- interesting things in there uh one I didn't know that about Peter Pan. I, I never paid that much attention to it. I just watched the things going. So, but I, I don't dig deep into stuff. I, I probably should, <laughs> but I, I don't, I just kind of take it at face value. Uh, but you were saying that it takes you to a moment. And I think that with songwriters, that's one thing that is hard to do. Like everybody wants to write story songs beginning, you know, but 
when you go to listen to music, it is about whatever you're feeling in that moment. And that's the same thing if you're pitching your songs and that people should realize if you pitch your songs and they, they say, no, thank you. It doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means that that's not what they're looking for at the time. Now, you find that right moment and the right person. That's where the magic happens. The songs hit and they start, they start playing more. Now, right. have you did, have you got any of your songs like put sync yet? Cause yeah, I know you're talking about you're on a movie set. The last time I talked to you, have you, do you put your songs out there for, for sync license and stuff like that too? Yes. Um, so I have actually, um, red light, which is from my EP, um, cannibal. That one is in a movie called black Jade, which is available now on Prime to be a couple other streaming services. It's a it's a feature movie indie. Um, it's gotten quite quite a few awards, which is really exciting. And my song is the only pop song on on the soundtrack. Um, everything else is instrumental. So that was really amazing. So there so the thing with sync licenses too is some of the offers they want you to sign off completely your masters and (laughs) publishing. (laughs) So to those I've had to turn down and looking for people that, you know, are fair to the songwriter. (laughs) Right. And that's good advice. So tell somebody that's maybe listening to this podcast and they're thinking about doing sync. How do you go about first pitching your songs for sync? And then you just mentioned one pitfall, some of the stuff to watch out for. Yeah. Um, so um, music supervisors, I think if you can. So there's a lot of online uh, ways that you can do it and services. And those are the ones that I would really recommend people to be careful with and to really look at the fine detail, because those are the ones, those third party um, services they are taking all your rights, not just, you know, partial publishing or or writing rights, but everything, including the master, which is crazy to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you can form a good relationship with um, an honest music supervisor, you can negotiate a lot of things and see what can work for both parties and what's fair for you. Yeah, because I mean, there's a lot. There's like taxis out there. There's a uh, submit hub. But anytime they ask you for a hundred percent walk away, because that's not. There's different circumstances, but never should you should you give every bit of your right away for somebody doing that. That's just somebody trying to take your 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 credit, and you're not going to get anything out of it. Now, if you sell them the right, that's different. But if they if they're like, okay, yeah, we'll put you in the movie, but you got to give us hundred percent of your masters. Like you out of your damn mind. There's no way I would do that. I mean, that's that's not getting your foot in the door. That's somebody stealing it out of your window and, and leaving you sitting in the dark. You don't ever do that. You, you, you gotta have, there's certain times where you may give up more than you want, especially in the beginning, just to get your foot in the door. I kind of understand that, but yeah, just to, for them to ask for a hundred percent, they gotta know, like, I guess there's people that would do it, but why would you? Yeah. Especially because, it's so sad. There are certain songs that artists have given all their rights away. And then years later, they become a huge hit and they have zero, zero um, pay out of it. And there's yeah. the person kind of like, okay, nobody even knows that you did it now. 
Um, so yeah, I taking my time with it and I want to be fair to all of us that have worked on this album and I'm fair to me too. <laughs> like right. it's taken so much of me. And um, you know, they they do feel like my babies. So yeah, just be careful and I think, yeah, like taxi. I know I sent them an email the other day just saying like, oh, I, I want to be a part of the service. <laughs> I don't agree with this. <laughs> and um, and some, yeah, some it hubs, another one too. I just, I think it's just better if you could do it directly with the people involved yeah. with, the, with the movie and it, it just works better. Yeah. yeah and, and there's always going to be stories out of it like i said you can use those services just be careful like you said of of scams because they i've seen them and i mean you you get people like you'll submit music and they want you to pay this much to do it and then like well okay you want my music but you want me to pay you that's a red flag right there like no i i get okay taking a percent if I, this is like taxi i get the the annual thing you pay that but then when you get like if you pitch your music one it's not guaranteed they're, they're sending all tons of stuff, but I mean, like, some people, you know, they don't have those relationships with music supervisors and what do they do? You know, they got to find some way to get into the door, but there's so many, there's so many people that will take advantage of you. And it's, if you think it's too good to be true, it probably is. Probably is. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, another thing too, that can, I think as a, some, uh, in songwriter is get in touch with film students yes. they need music they won't take your rights and most of their films are being submitted to film festivals so it starts getting around and you don't know if that short will then get picked up by a studio and they'll want to make a whole feature out of it most likely will your song will roll over. So those, I think like that's a really smart way to kind of, to get into sync licensing too and getting your music out there with um, film and TV shows. And that's the same kind of thing with a songwriter too, is that's one of the always advice I've always gotten from some of the bigger songwriters and singers is like, you find somebody that especially like you're an artist and you sing your own songs too. And I sing mine, but I mean, honestly, I'd rather somebody else sing them you got to pitch them well to do that you got to actually meet people but the the way they always said the one thing that's always works the best is like you said you find an up-and-coming singer songwriter who writes or plays and needs songs and you never know where they're going to go you know because now you're attached to them because most of the big names that and especially like country music stuff that i do or any other genre pretty much They've got people that they write with and they have a constant stream and they may take other songs in, but you got to build that relationship so that you can, you can grow. And it's, and it's a mutual relationship. They're taking, you know, their song, they put their name on it. They get some other, other songwriting credit. The producer may put some stuff and get into it. I get all that. What drives me crazy. And I, and I think it's more that they, they say it happens to pop than anything else is you get five, six, seven songwriters on a song. Now, if they actually helped, I get it. That's fine. I know the, the rules, if they're in the room and you're writing a song, they got a credit. But it's these other ones that come in there and they'll throw like a word or they'll throw, 
<laughs> you know, you're, you already know what happens. Yeah. <laughs> or, or they'll throw, Oh, well you should change this key to that or this core to, you know, and then now they want part of it. And I get it. it it's, it's one of those situations where until you can do it all yourself, you, you've got to kind of spread the love a little bit. Right. I mean, some, yeah. And sometimes it, it's hard for me to be like, oh yeah, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 you suggested I change this one word to another word that does work, but you know, I don't think that means that you wrote the song. <laughs> yeah. And the key and songwriting, that's what they'll say that as part of it. I mean, you, if yeah. you didn't put that word then okay. And you use it then like there's got that show i think it's based in california i don't know if they still do it songland and it is funny because have you seen it uh i've seen previews of it. i haven't seen the show but yeah yeah so what you do is they take these songwriters there's like usually i think two or three um no, i think it's two at a time they bring in two at a time and they have um maybe it's more than that but either way they have they bring these songwriters aspiring songwriters and then they have a panel of three producers uh, one of them is like from um, One Republic, and then there's another one. There's a lot of rap stuff, and then there's a country guy. I can't remember his name now. And so you pitch your songs to them, and then they start giving you suggestions. And what I found out about doing that is if they actually take your song and you use what they suggest, now you move on to the second round, and they start helping you produce it, all three of them have a co-write. All three of them. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, oh. And then you – so if you go in there with that song – and I it's to get your foot in the door. It's one of those things where you have to kind of suck it up. But I, I saw this one lady song, great song, you know, and then they helped her with just a little bit, not even a lot, but now she had two other co-writers. So now she's got a song with six co-writers plus the artist. So now seven co-writers for one song. So you just went from wow. making 60, $80,000, uh, you know what? It's more than that. I know, but to like, now you just cut that in six. So now that 60,000, you got 10. But I mean, it's 10 more than you had, right? <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. You have to look at these things as like balancing act. Like, okay, you can't say no to everything because yeah, a lot of it is getting your foot in the door and networking. Um, there, But there are some moments where you just have to say no, that that is a little too much, but, um, but yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> and, and within you talk about before, like, so, say you do this, so you get in the door, you get your foot in the door. Now you're an act. Okay. Well now you, you do like fashion stuff. I guarantee if I got a deal, they'd be calling you to come. Okay. You got to help him really, you know, it, so now you're paying more people. So that's the business side of it. And if you've got to really love music to, to, to put up with that shit, honestly, because it, it does get a lot. And mm -hmm. so that's, that's why I cool. I think it's cool. I said earlier that you can do some of that because now you don't have the burden of having to pay it out and find the right person. You do, you do stuff like that. And it goes with like producing, like you produced your first one. Yeah. There's better producers you'll learn. And of course you got to pay for it and they're worth the money, but it's another step that you learn another pocket. So if you come in there and let's say for your, your EP, you got a budget of $25,000, you just save 25 grand for that. And you don't know anything, but that you sing and you write, that's it. Okay. So now you come in there, you got that 25,000, you got to pay the producer to do the, the mixing and mastering. Let's say that's 15 off of it. Cause you got like a high end studio guy to do it. These were 10 grand for the art. I don't know how much you charge for art, but let's just say four grand, right. To do, to do a good art thing. Right. 
I'm doing my math. I don't remember, remember where I'm at. I think I'm at six left now. So now you got $6,000 left that you got to spend out. And if I guarantee you, if you go in there with a $25,000 budget, you won't leave with any money. They're going to find little bits of pieces to, oh, you need this and you need that. Oh, you need, oh, yeah. you need the CD prints. You need the vinyl prints you need, and all that stuff. Now you got to try to make that money back. And we all know that Spotify is not going to make you money back. Streaming is not, you got to make a, you got to do like 3 million to get three grand. It's just, that's how it works. So as you're going out and playing as an artist, but now if you're a songwriter, that seven people split, it's going to take you seven times longer to make as much of your money back. If you even make it back and people get discouraged by that, you gotta, you gotta find a way to do it that fits you. And, uh, if you want to be in the business, it's great. That's part of it, you know, but you got to look at that stuff. And I think people realize it's, it's hard. Yeah. But it's yeah, so fun. It's I love music. It's too much fun. not to try. Yeah, that's true. That That's the thing. Like, and I think it's funny too. Like every time, um, I finish a song or the last case was, uh, the album. I was like, Oh, I think that's it. I have no more ideas. That's it. <laughs> And then, and then sometime like a few days may pass and you're like, oh, I can't wait. I have more ideas. And I think that's like such a beautiful thing about it that you, that it comes to you without you knowing when <laughs> it's always a surprise. You don't know what will inspire the next one. And, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I think I just try not to force it now, uh, because if not, you're going to fall into writer's block and just like, ah. but um, I don't know, making music, it's just, it's hard to describe. It's just like the coolest thing ever. You're just so happy every, like to start from one idea. And as a songwriter, you, you know, you have like all these things scratched out and um, so many different versions of it. You have the final version that works then with the instrumentals and then when you start to produce, like adding all these extra little flares, and then you hear it and you go, wow, it all started from this one thing. And now here it is. And sometimes it's completely different from what you started. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a song where I was like, ah, exactly like the demo. <laughs> but or like exactly that. Yes. This, no, it, it always changes. I think music has a way of shaping itself and mm. and we're just kind of like finding the pieces that work for it. Um, but yeah, you got to let it like breathe and grow however it wants to go. See, my producer always tells me I have musical threat because I will put some of the weirdest stuff into the song because I'm sitting there listening to it and I, like you're exactly 100% right. It's like, oh, well, what if this, what if we added this now? To, what would it sound like? Let's hear a French horn. Let's hear, I got one song I put in steel drums because I was like, oh, I like the reggae kind of feel. When I wrote it, it wasn't reggae feel. But when it started putting down the drums and the bass, I'm like, ooh, ooh, okay. And ideas just start flying all over the place. So yeah, I, I completely understand that. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, you know what? Let me redo the vocals <laughs> to make it fit yes. better for that now. <laughs> I, I'm probably my own worst critic and I will, I, I know I am. So I try not to be that nitpicky about it. I'm actually doing a couple albums. One right now I'm doing for the band. It's a, cause my band, like I said, we, we do, uh, it's called yes, ma'am. Since middle-aged men, thanks. It can be old as you want to be and, and still do it. Uh, but we're doing a bad, it's called bad for me album. And then I want to do a album of 
or like songs of like I just normally do because I'm a songwriter. I like to write for other people sometimes, uh, but sometimes I can't find it or I think it fits my voice. So I'm going to do an album called The Greatest Hits You've Never Heard and just put my songs and stuff on there that I'm going to do. And then I'm also doing a collaboration album with um, me and other songwriters that we, I write or co-write and have somebody else sing them. I think oh, that's, cool. that's so cool. Yeah, we're doing like yeah. the local stuff. Because here in Georgia, there's a lot of great songwriters. And I'm sure it's the same thing in California, too. It's great. Such a music is so great to play. And, and it's it's funny how like you're me and you are like your your fashion and your pop. But it's, we still have the same kind of passion, the same kind of feeling for music. And I think that's everybody who plays. You mentioned it yourself. It's like there's just something about writing music and playing. It's, you can't you can't let it go. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. It's it's um, I don't know. It's like food for the soul. Mm-hmm. It really like the, like. I love fashion. I love it so much, but it makes me excited. And I, cause I, I, cause sometimes I go back and forth. I go, no, I love this. It's my passion, but it's just with music. It just reaches certain areas that other things don't. And, and I, I think that's also partly why I couldn't let go of music completely because as much as I love fashion it still is you know materialistic Mm -hmm. and not everybody can have that and um you know that's okay that's how it is but with music it's there are no barriers everybody can have it and you know like especially now with streaming like you don't really have to pay for it which isn't great for us but it allows for people to hear it and connect with it. And I think that's that's something that I really wanted to to put out there to have this thing that's tangible for everybody. And because I, I know I need it. I, I need that thing that I can connect with. Feel like, you know, some people have different gifts and I, I think I have uh the gift of optimism and always looking for the silver lining um no matter what it doesn't and so that's kind of how I'm known in the family um my mom always says like I can tell when Emily's home because like the house just is so alive and loud which I'm not loud but somehow (laughs) there's a lot of noise when I'm around and I'm always like okay guys what are we doing we need to do this and and um when it's just my brother she's like it's just silent. <laughs> so, um, and, and just from friends too, like I, I had a friend once tell me that, you know, I, I, we were in college and I was getting kind of down with not really knowing what I was going to do next. I was getting, you know, close to graduating and um, I still hadn't had like any solid internships and being in France, I needed to get an internship well, it needed one to be in fashion because of the student visa. But so all these things that were just like kind of clouding me. And um, I was with a group of friends and feeling kind of down. And she just turned to me and she was just like, please not you. You're the one person that always like makes us laugh and feel good. But if you, you know, get blue and stuff, then that's it. And so quickly, I just like turned it around. And I was like, oh, no, yeah, like, forget about what I was doing saying, yeah, everything's great. Life is great. And like pointing out great things that were, you know, where we were at that moment, because 
um, as stressful as it is, like, as it was, I mean, uh, I still had this incredible opportunity to travel, to travel, to study abroad, to be there. And I didn't. So those are things that like, I always try to focus on the positives. And so with my music, that's what I try to do. I'm a lot of my music is somewhat melancholy. Um, but then we always do a juxtaposition with either the instruments are super upbeat. So a lot of these tracks of yours always are upbeat, but the words may be a little bittersweet, but there's always that hope that I'm holding on to and want to spread and share because without it, like we're nothing. So not everything is meaningless if you don't have hope. So, um, and I understand for some people it's very hard. So if I can help them, you know, and spread my, my happiness with them, then, um, I feel like I'm doing something good. Yeah. Well, good. Let's listen to another one of your songs. Which one you want to hear next? We could actually listen to pieces. Okay. Um, so this song I wrote after a breakup and I just did not want to have a sad heartbreak song. Um, because so the words are quite uh honest and with this album I just was like well okay uh I'm not I I'm very I think I'm very reserved I'm very like outgoing but at the same time I'm reserved and I don't necessarily like to always put out these things or I'm like oh, I'm feeling so sad and this <laughs> and uh he broke my heart so um but to heal I knew I needed to just break down all those barriers and thought, well, I'm, we all go through this anyway. So um, I did want to do this song, however I wanted it to be upbeat, because I think like we're so scared of heartbreak and I, and sometimes that keeps us from exploring and trying new things or, or putting yourself out there. But we're so strong. So you can have your heart broken multiple times. And I think it's incredible. And especially now that I have had it a couple times <laughs> broken. I'm so proud that I still keep going and with the same enthusiasm and no one can take that away from me. And I just that's what I wanted to kind of put out with this song for people to hear like you are worthy of everything and to not be ashamed of putting yourself out there and um and like I say in the song um I'm really not someone that will stay in this place like I I just take that and turn it into art and uh let it go and then I'm good <laughs> so uh -huh. yeah that is pieces <laughs> <laughs> well let me mute us and like I said let me know when you can hear it and I will quit I'm mute
I like that. Thank you. My son brought me a biscuit. He made him. He's cooking. <laughs> so he tried. He made biscuits for the first time. It's like some uh, little the red lobster biscuits. Oh, those are so good. Yes, it's really good. So I'm going to eat. I hope you don't mind if I nibble a bit while we talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I made um, those for Thanksgiving. <laughs> did you? They're yeah. Really good. They're really good. I, I always like getting them there. I mean, when we go to Red Lobster and get them, they're so perfectly round and they look good. As <laughs> he makes a big noise in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> here, they don't look that way, but they taste good. So <laughs> That's the important thing. <laughs> yes. You got a, a kind of jazzy influence in, in your stuff. You get a lot of horns and a lot of jazz sounds I'm, I'm listening to. Yeah. It, I it, like I like that. <laughs> I, I like jazz. I like blues. I, was like, I get blues and stuff in mine, but I was listening to it. It's funny because you, you talk about your burby, your burby, your bubbly personality, and then you got a smoky voice when you sing. And it's like, yeah. it, it's like, it's like you were to go on like the voice and then have with it. You sit there and you sing and you do the, the da, 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 you know, the old smoky blue room kind of place. And they turn around you're bubbly and it'd be fun. <laughs> I, I like that. I'm saying I was like, it. I'm just, I always like to hear different, like you wouldn't expect the, the voices to come out of that, that personality. You know, you, you're like chipper and upbeat, like you're saying, you're the, you're that person. And then you get in and you're like, da, 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 da. it's like a smoky barb. I like that. I think it goes with the jazzy stuff that you like. Yeah, I, 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 it's, it's very funny. Yeah, I get that a lot where you won't, I guess people, when they hear me talk, they expect a higher register, but not the smoky <laughs> kind of raspiness. Um, I don't know. And also, I think um, I, I was with one of my vocal teachers and I, I think that was like a moment of epiphany. She was she she would tell me how before like a week before she would perform um one thing that she would do to rest her voice was speak at a higher register and it is just kind of a healthy level for your voice you're not really you're not like using so much the muscles here and uh and she was like yeah much exactly how you're doing it right now and i was like oh that's just how i talk normally so if I wanted to talk deeper, it, it's something that I have to like think about it. Sometimes it comes out naturally. Like if, if I'm, you know, maybe like cracking a joke and I have a dark sense of humor, so I might do that. But <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it, it's just a funny thing that I, I guess I just like naturally <laughs> talk like this higher up, a higher register. <laughs> See, I've never heard that. I've always just been like singing this. I've never took sing. Well, I took sing less for a little bit, but it was such a weird experience for me. I was like, I never, I didn't take them, but I guess you do talk higher than you, than you would sing. Cause my daughter told me this, that she takes course and stuff. She says like, grab your lips or purse your lips and then hum. That's your singing voice. I was like, she's, yeah. or no, she said, say seven. So, like, tell it, like, and you, that's what you hear. Just pierce your lips and hold them and say seven. And it's like, that's what your singing voice is. I'm that's like, so cool. Really? I'm going to try that. <laughs> <laughs> it works. I just, I'm, I'm growly too. When I sing, I'm, I'm very like growly kind of just back at a bar whiskey and, you know, drinking kind of, kind of guy. That's just the way I've always been, but I never took the time. And it's, it is a, it is a lot. You got to get to work on the singing as much as you do songwriting and the guitar playing or whatever you do and that's one thing that i i, I personally would have better work on is, is my, my vocals 
because I'd rather, like I said, I'm sitting there playing, I'm singing. I do okay. I didn't get the greatest voice in the world. I'd rather push it. But if I'm singing it for people so they can hear it, then then I got to I gotta do something. I can't be like a cat scratching on the back of a couch. <laughs> yeah, it's a workout. It, it Yeah. Um, when I went to MI and no longer, you know, it was just coming like maybe one, not even once a month. It'd be like once a couple months to the studio and sing. But no, now it was every single day. At the end of the week, I was sore. And like your muscles, you know, you just, which also that meant I was not singing properly because I was training too much. Um, and so that was a little, that was difficult and frustrating for me to, to kind of overcome that. And it's so weird because I, like, since you're not used to it, your body just like mentally, you're telling yourself do this, but your body is just like, no, I do not want to do that. I don't want to use my diaphragm. I don't want to like control my breath. You know, when you keep at it and then finally you start to kind of understand and you start to to feel the different components because mm-hmm. when you go at it in the beginning, it, it just is like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean feel this different? What do you mean my head voice and my like sitting from my nose and right. down here in the chest? I don't know or come from your gut. So I was like, I just I don't feel this. Um, but then over time, just as going to the gym, you start to then feel, oh, this is what it feels like when I'm doing this. And then it just starts to become so natural. So you can sing all day, sing the next day, and you're not (laughs) harming your voice. (laughs) See, I've heard that I'm the same way. Like when they say head voice, I'm like, what? I have, I've got like multiple head voices because I make, I make, if you hear my head, I've got like 17 different voices going on. Which one do I use? <laughs> Cause I'll like my, my daughter has like little stuffed animals and I always make like, and I like make like voices for her. Like we'll play and I'll, I'll make like voices. So I was like, my head voice sounds like Austin Powers. Sometimes, sometimes it sounds like Elmo. I was like, I don't know if I should really, really go by my head voice, but yeah, I'm still trying to figure it too. My, my son, because when I do the podcast, he said, daddy, your voice is deeper when you're doing the podcast, I'm like, I can hear myself. I said, otherwise I'm probably higher and pitch, but it makes sense when you say that it, you, you talk higher than you sing. So I, I, I sing a lot when I was a kid, even now when my mom was alive, she'd have me do Elvis karaoke. Cause she, cause I could emulate Elvis voice. I do the, Oh, thank you. you know, and I, and I sing and he goes like, that's just the way I could do it. But I could never do Elvis song. If it wasn't an Elvis song, like I couldn't sing the dance in the Elvis style. I just, my mind, it just wouldn't work that way. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I would imitate a lot of singers too. Um, I imitated, I or still do sometimes Shakira. Oh, um, can you, can you do it? Let me hear it. Little, little, <laughs> you put me on the spot, but, um, Oh, it's a good. It's pretty good. Thank you. I'm trying to think of like a song. Um, I love her. I love her Spanish music. Oh, and I'm blanking out on the song "Whenever, Wherever." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see so i will yeah 
That that was <laughs> great. <presented. laughs> See, now you had to be careful what you say on the show because if you say you can do it, I always ask the guests to do it. So that's that's you just learned that when you say, Oh, okay, well, you can do it. Let's hear let's oh, hear yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. The the other one is Britney Spears, that one. Um yeah, I love that. I imitate her too. So those are the two artists. Uh, I didn't hear Britney yet. Well, what well, Britney can you do? Oh, baby, baby, how was I supposed to know that something wasn't right here? Oh, baby, baby, I shouldn't have let you go. But now you're right outside here. Show me how you want it to be. Tell me, baby, cause I need to know now. Oh, because. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. You had the little hoop that she does in her voice, too. When you. <laughs> That's really good. Thank you. <laughs> See, you did yours. So she needs I'll. A <laughs> I'll I'll do mine. Uh, I can either do my uh, Austin Powers voice, Doctor Evil, or I can do my Elvis karaoke. You let me know because you I asked you to do it. You can tell me now which one you want to hear. I want to I want to hear Austin Powers. Okay. <laughs> How about no? Okay, all I want to do is listen to music with sharks and laser beams on their head. Okay, How about no. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> So my, my daughter came over there and she's like 17 different animals. Daddy, with all of her friends here for her birthday, get away from my food cat. Um, <laughs> and so she's like, Daddy, do the voice, do this voice. And like, I have multiple voices of stuff. It's fun. I, I like do I, I like doing that. But like I said, we mentioned a head voice. I have multiple head voices. Which one do you want me to sing in? I did. I did do my Elmo in Vegas. Me and my, my bassist, we went down there for my 40th birthday. <laughs> and we did karaoke. So we sang... Um, Lionel Richie, um, was it Hello? Whatever, I can't remember what song it was now, but I sang it the whole song in my Elmo voice because I was having a good time. And they take karaoke so seriously in Vegas. Some people laughed. I thought it was funny. That's where, where they just like, no. Oh, yeah, they were. It's karaoke, people. Come on. If you're taking karaoke serious, you're, you need it. Yeah, need that's... It <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was so funny. One time we went to we went to karaoke so it was a bunch of my friends we were all sorry emily all... hang on one second somebody's at the door sorry sorry emily go ahead that's okay <laughs> yeah so we um we uh, we went to karaoke in k-town so like lots of great karaoke places and um all of us were musicians singers i think there were two people had nothing to do with singing so, you know, they're just like, oh, yeah, we love karaoke. This is what we love to do. And then it's just like, boom, boom, boom. All of us start, you know, picking songs and, you know, having fun with it. I think I, I like, oh, I love uh, singing Jewel. So um, I was singing Jewel and some of my friends were singing like some rock songs, Freddie Mercury and like really hitting it. And then the other two people are just like, Normally, I'm the first person up in karaoke right now. I feel so self-conscious because <laughs> all of you guys can sing and it's so not fair. And we were like, no, please, it's fun. Like, it's, it. I like all of it. Like, we were hitting flat notes and they were like, what flat notes? And we were like, no, it's fine. It's, 
please, like it's karaoke, do not take it seriously. And, you know, some people can sing, so they can kind of like, you know, kind of carry the tune pretty well, but it's fine. Like, it's so much fun. Yeah, make mistakes. That's great. We right. make some mistakes. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because they think because you sing that you can do karaoke, but what they don't realize is when you're on a stage and you're singing, you get to hear yourself a little bit. You get the feedback and, you you, you know, you get the monitors so you can hear yourself and you can kind of adjust. There, it's one sound, it's, and it's usually a backing track that they found. So there's no – if the melody is off and then it just a little bit, then you got to sing to that, and it's harder than you think. And you can't hear yourself, so they got it so loud behind you. You're just trying – me personally, I get as loud – if it's loud, I try to match it. So I know it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, same. It's like, okay, well, this is – and then and you leave, and you're like, wow, what happened to my voice? Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, and like when you are singing live and they, you can't hear yourself. You sound like a karaoke singer. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> Sorry to the audience because you're just like, I don't know what I. You can't hear anything. Um, can hear just like the bass and guitar. Can't hear the keys. Can't hear myself. I don't know if I'm in key right now like it's hor it, it, yeah it's so frustrating and then you're like racing to not panic mm -hmm. which doesn't help yeah <laughs> yep so i just tell what everybody i've learned because i play with a band most times sometimes if you're the guitar it's different but if you're like with a you can't hear when they get that drums behind you you know it doesn't matter what they turn up it seems like the drum gets louder every time it's like okay <laughs> And it, it, it's, it's, but it's fun. But when you're in that groove and you hit that, that sweet spot of the band, nothing else like it. Cause you, you feel the pocket and you're singing and it's great. And you just, everything's, everything's flowing. And that, that's what I get hooked on for, for the music singing out live is when we're playing live and the band is on. I, I love that feeling. It's so much fun. It's, it's just a high that it, it's hard to describe if you've never had it. Yeah, it's euphoric. And like you said, when you you you're you feel the pockets and you hit them and you're just it's it's a you're just like transcended mm -hmm. and like you don't see anybody else. You're just like lost in the music and it's perfect. Um so that I think that that's definitely like the biggest motivation, like, oh, I can't wait to feel it again. It's like a drug, like you want it to feel like so there's going to be moments where it's not there. That's okay. Cause you're going to keep on trying to get that feeling again. Well, let's listen to one more of your songs. Which one so did I, you want to do? <laughs> I think this time we can finally listen to yours always. <laughs> um, so this is the French song. And um, I started out writing in French, which English is my first language, um, but I just, it just felt so natural and easy and it came so, I don't know, it, it, it just, it just really worked for me in the beginning, uh, writing in French. And I think part of it too was that I felt like I could kind of hide behind the language. So a lot of people here, you know, cannot speak French or friends and family so I was like yes <laughs> they don't know what I'm saying so that that was I think that was just kind of comfort and also it just felt so right especially with the music that we were doing 
which was inspired a lot by French pop from 60 from the 60s and 70s um so it was it felt great when well when I won when I tried to write in English later on after writing a few songs in French it just never felt good and just so cheesy and everything to me sounded like a Disney song so um I just kept going back to French but then with the EP it that was my first time writing in English and finding my style in English which felt really great and um and I loved it so uh but when I did my album I thought like well I wanted to kind of go back to the roots I began with which was heavily rooted in French pop and mix it with all these other things that I had um learned through like my pro my progression and um it just felt right to start out with French so um yours always is basically like this open letter to everybody of why I do music it's um because it's for everyone and in this and you can and one thing that I love about French is double entendres it's so so fun to do it and so you can interpret this as a very like sexy uh like song for like one person but for me this song is really an open letter to everybody that no matter what I'm here for for everyone um whenever they need you know maybe a little bit of hope encouragement escape um a lot of my music I like I I I do try to make it somewhat more of an escape. So I'm not necessarily bringing, because I feel like people are judged already so much. And and when we're constantly pointing out differences or, you know, being trying to be the pillar of morality, which I don't think any of us can really say we are, you put so many barriers and you put so much burden on that person that rather than, breaking those barriers and communicating with that person you're just building this wall of like well our 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 points of views don't align so you don't even bother listening to my music because I don't care about you and that's not what I'm about I feel like you know you never you never know like what that person's gone through and to judge to judge them by perhaps you don't how, share the same political views I don't think it's very fair and it's counterproductive and it's what keeps on separating us more so with my music I sat down and when writing the song I was like why do I write music and it's for people for that human connection for transcending barriers and hopefully you know bringing us together so we can connect in an emotional level rather than uh, well, I mean, emotions can get in the way, but in a, a more like heartfelt, compassionate way. Okay. So that is what yours always is. All right. Well, I'm going to mute us and I'm going to play it.
like when they have that that exit the outro for for music i've always liked that yeah <laughs> you slipped some english in there too i did slip yeah the i, <laughs> I felt like okay the bridge and 
to really get the message across. It, it felt, um, it's funny, like sometimes the bridge is, I leave it actually for the recording. So that bridge, I kind of, I came up with it on the spot when we were recording the song. Um, I, yeah, I told my producer, I was like, you know, yeah, I still don't have a bridge, so. <laughs> but it's fine. Let's just, let's record the vocals. I'll get the verse choruses in. Um, maybe I feel like the bridge will like happen somehow later. I'm so sorry. Just can't figure out what the bridge is going to be for this part. So, um, so we recorded and then when I got to the bridge, I just ad-libbed and it was like, okay, this, this just felt perfect. <laughs> it worked. I, I like that. And you're right. It does have a sexy sound to it. I think that's just the French because it's like when Adam's family, when he had, Hey, you know, she, he asked her to speak French and he's like, mm, you know, yes. <laughs> it's just that as, you could be saying, I'm going to the bathroom in French, but it's still going to like, Ooh, okay. Now it, it reminds me the whole story that you're talking about. Like you're going to Paris and you're going to the, you did the um, stuff for your, for your style fashion design. It reminds me of, I don't know why I keep thinking, going back to that movie Letters for Juliet, especially when you said yours are what yours always where you sign it. It just makes me think of that whole movie where like she's going back and forth, letters from Juliet and traveling all over the world. I don't know why it makes me think of that though. That's so funny. I, I haven't seen that movie in so long. I'll have to rewatch it. Um, but I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. And the, the funny thing too is since you mentioned that, um, the intros and outros of this, all the songs and yours always do represent either going back in time or coming back to the present. Uh, the intro to this is more like we wanted it to kind of feel like you're, you're stepping into this world. Okay. So this is like, um, yeah. So getting you ready and then, and then boom, it starts. So, um, which is like a 50 second intro for yours always. And then um, for pieces, it actually was like going back in time. So that's why you kind of it, like you kind of feel like sound is kind of going around you. That At least that's what we wanted it to feel like. Sound is kind of going back and almost like if you're rewinding um, a track and then pieces starts, because at least that is how I felt back then when that happened. So, um, yeah, it's uh, playing with those things. Um, which is so cool that we can do with sound and music. Yes. And it, the, like I said, I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you and getting to know you. Emily. this is, I'm glad that you came back on the show. So thank you again for, for coming back on. And we're not quite done yet, but before we get to the end part of the interview, um, go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you, all your websites, Instagram, wherever you want them to, to see your TikToks. If you do that stuff, whatever you got. So I'm trying, I'm trying, this is my, this is the year I'm really trying to do TikTok because <laughs> I have a few videos, not much. You better hurry before um, they ban it in all the states. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you can find me as I have a TikTok under Emily Dakarat. And then I just I started to feel that one was shadow banned because no matter what I did, nobody would ever see my videos. So I did have to change that to um 
Emily Baby, which was a nickname that a friend gave me. So it's uh, Emily E-M-I, oh my gosh, I can't spell my name, E-M-I-L-Y, and Baby is B-A-Y-E-E. So that's my TikTok. Um, and uh, for Instagram, which is where I am more active, and also Facebook, you can find me under Emily Dacaret. And I try to stay active and promote the latest stuff, a lot of BTS as well. Um, my website is emilydacaretmusic.com. And um, you can also stream my music on any major streaming platform, um, Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Music, um, Pandora, Deezer. So title. <laughs> Now, if, if they want to find your actual, your fashion design stuff too, is there where they can do that? Oh, yes. Um, that would be emilydacaret.com. So okay. that website was taken before I did my music, my solo music. So um, emilydacaret.com, that's my fashion website. Now, do they sell that? Do you have any stores that's in stores or is it just like on the website? It's on the website. A lot of it is, um, some some pieces are a lot of uh made to order okay. so um yeah try to keep try to keep it sustain like really pushing sustainability and uh you know doing things ethically which i think we should all try to do um so yeah so just kind of yeah so you can find you can also order things that um from past collections as well so that was something that over over the course well doing fashion shows and that was just a, a another thing that with music you don't have like music is doesn't matter you know I'm, I like I listen to music that my mom and dad would always play so I that's why I love the 80s and 70s um or my grandparents like a lot of um also like Spanish and and English so a lot of like the 40s and 50s like I love that stuff. And it's still so cool. But with fashion, with collections, like once it's out of season, it's just gone. And I think it's so sad, especially as an indie artist, because you're pouring your blood, sweat and tears into everything. And um, I think it was at my fourth fashion show. So I had um, I would show in L.A. and then I started to sh I showed in New York and then Paris so when I, I came back to LA and I did another show and at the end, um, I had people coming up to me and saying like, oh, this was so great. So what are you doing for the next show? And I was just thinking like, I, I'm going to sleep tonight for one, <laughs> but also I was just like, oh my gosh, no, <laughs> slow down. Like, oh, that's, that's why I didn't want to go into necessarily like commercial design because of the fast fashion and it's really bad for the environment for one for the workers behind it and also for us mentally like we're we're getting so accustomed to we see something we want it we want it now and tomorrow it's trash and that's so bad all around for designers for the people producing and again for the planet so um that's that's when I decided to change my business model and then started to design smaller collections that 
you can keep on adding as newer collections come to the previous collection. So it's a lot of like interchangeable things, just as we do with our wardrobes. I mean, I'll take something I wear in the summer and then wear it in the winter and just pair it with a sweater or something like that. So I don't throw it away. And that's what I wanted to do with with my fashion brand to not to not really feel. I mean, I don't have to since I'm independent. Um, you know, there's a lot of drawbacks being independent. So you don't have like the biggest budgets to do whatever you want. So there's a lot of limitations, but you also have that freedom, I think, to to kind of cater to what you want. And so instead of looking at the limitations, I started to look at like, what can I do that can will make me feel good to be putting these things out there and not taking away from from our natural resources not adding more you know damage to what's already out there and hopefully contributing to educating people to kind of slow down with fashion see now you gave me an idea and i said i know nothing about fashion i'm i've already told you i'm jeans and a shirt but like why would you not do like a collection your collection whatever collection it is and then for for the next show Use the same collection you had, but add like a jacket or something extra to it. Like, cause he said, I don't know anything about fashion, but to me, that would be like, that'd be a cool design. Like, okay, so this, this is what the lady came in. Let's just say a pantsuit. Cause I don't know anything else about fashion. I couldn't tell you what a blazer or brows or whatever they call it. I don't, I don't know. So you have that, like say you have pantsuits and they just come up in pantsuit. Maybe you, you cut the legs and now it's a pant shorts and it's a fluffy jacket or whatever. That's, that's my idea. Like I said, I, I couldn't do fashion. <laughs> but you could give out ideas <laughs> I can give out ideas I, I don't yeah. I don't think they'd work because I usually take fashion advice and tomorrow wears the same jeans all day <laughs> I've had the same pair of jeans for probably two years well if, if it fits and they work why do I change it that's that's all my thing just wash them and wear them again wash and repeat <laughs> uh do you have a fashion show that you're doing anytime soon um so actually I'm <laughs> Another job I have is I'm the associate editor of um, a fashion, not really lifestyle, so culture, art, and architecture magazine. So we're wrapping. It's um, It's been annual mainly due to, you know, the pandemic, but we're going to be switching to biannual. So it's a print magazine, and um, which is great because I get to also work with uh bigger brands, uh, brands I once interned for in Paris. And uh, so that's going to be wrapping in February. So in the summer, yeah, I will be doing uh, a fashion presentation. So okay. well, like I said, me and my daughter will probably be in California. And if we're there at the same time, we'll come watch it because she'll let's see a fashion yeah. show. And, and next like, I'll be in my jeans. You know, that'd be me. <laughs> the one in the jeans. That's also the beauty of LA. Um, you couldn't get away with that in Paris. You would probably <laughs> turn down <laughs> tennis shoes. No, um, but uh, I mean now, now it's kind of changed. Like with a lot of streetwear becoming super high end, but um, but yeah, no, LA. It's a it's such a cool culture melting pot where you know you really don't know who's standing next to you. So you have to learn to not judge people. <laughs> the book by their cover because 
you really don't know who you're standing next to. And I think that's, that's just so cool. Like that's how it should be. Um, some people love to dress up. I do, but you know, I don't think we need to force everyone to do that. Um, um, if you ever seen a movie cowboy way, I'm like Woody Harrelson in, in the fashion industry, that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> Woody Harrelson's pretty cool. <laughs> yes. I like Woody. He's so funny. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Emily, again, for coming on the show. Thank you for, I know we had a kind of mixed match because things kept happening, but uh, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, I got a couple more questions for you, but like I said, there's a couple more questions and then I'll let you go. Cause this is like, we've, we've talked by an hour and a half. So we know about your music and your fashion. So these are kind of like 20 questions kind of game. It's a little, it's not a full 20 questions, just more to get to know different parts of you. So I'm going to start. First question I'm going to ask is we know you can, you can do music. We know you can uh, emulate some artists like Britney Spears and Shakira. And we know you do fashion. Uh, what is a hidden talent that we may not know about? Oh, a hidden talent. Um, oh, uh, I wakeboard. I love really? water sports. Yeah. Okay. That's being in California. I imagine you're probably right by the beach. And I, I think all of California, I know it's not, but I, me, Cal, all California's beach. Whenever I visit California, that's where I go. I'm just on the beach the whole time. Yeah. The, the water is it, so it, cold. It is so cold. So, yeah. Um, and I have a, so the last, so I, the last time I went wakeboarding in, in the ocean was actually in Honduras, unexpected migration of jellyfish that oh. summer. So I was wakeboarding, start to see shapes and I was like, okay, this is kind of weird, but you know, I'm still holding on. And then all in a blink of an eye, thousands are just like, surrounding me and I just hear my dad yelling don't fall down don't let go <laughs> I was like oh my god okay and there were so many that as my board was going over the water you would just see jellyfish flying like it it, it wasn't it was intense and by the time that we finally got to clear water um, I could finally let go and, and my arms were stuck and I needed help to get back on the boat. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's the first jellyfish story I've ever heard. Now I, we had in Mississippi, we were the same thing. We were in the ocean and they were like, they just started coming in. I was like, uh, don't let me touch one. <laughs> um, cause that's like that friends episode. I say you have, you guys can't see the video, but she's got the frame of friends behind her. I do. <laughs> I love friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the jellyfish episode my daughter's hooked on friends too she's watched it almost as many times as i have is that your favorite show friends uh it it's one of our yeah it's one of my favorites um i kill people with friends trivia and and if you get my brothers and i it's just like oof game over guys like especially my little brother he can quote so like so much and he just he just hears like or he'll hear a quote and he'll be like it was this episode da, 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 da. this person said it yep. so um yeah so we make an amazing team and um I was playing actually friends trivia like last night and I was <laughs> so I, I like to sleep apparently when I'm with my friends so I'm kind of known as the person that will like find a little corner and just like sleep so I wasn't on um, <laughs> I was reclining with my blanket it was cold and it was already 12 
at night. So I fell asleep, but they started playing Friends trivia and I would hear it and I would just answer while I was like half asleep. And they were just like, stop, you're getting all the answers. <laughs> See, me and my daughter, that's a challenge. And now we're going to have to give you guys a run for your money and have like a Friends trivia kind of game. Oh, that would be fine. <laughs> yes. My daughter would, me and her, she loves that stuff. So, um, if, because you you do your own music, you play and sing. But if you, if somebody else could sing your songs, who do you think would who would you want to play? Who would you want to sing your songs? I I mean, wow, that would just be a dream if I could get Stevie Nicks to sing one of my songs. That would be insane. Yes. Um. Yeah. Another artist that so I tend to like older artists I'm don't really know to I know contemporary music but I'm not the kind of person that will know like ah yes this person mm -hmm. is singing I just know like oh I like that song I've heard it right um but one songwriter that I do really like her style and I just love how she created this whole world um is Lana Del Rey. So Lana Del Rey would be another one that I would love for her to sing one of my songs. Um, if somebody was to do a movie of your life, who would play you in that movie? Oh, I'm trying to think. So I, um, so my family's from Honduras, but I'm also, I'm also, um, part Palestinian. So I would love for somebody to have that mix. And I can't think of somebody who has that, but growing up here, um, it was a little bit hard for people to understand how I could be both, which is weird until I would reference Shakira and say, well, she's Colombian and Lebanese. And then, oh, okay. Because lots of times I would always get like, oh, you're lying. That's not true. That's not possible. So I'm trying to think of a actress right now, <laughs> which that would be cool. Um, darn it. No, I can't think of anybody. You know what? I'll say uh, Jenna Ortega. I love Wednesday. And I think she definitely has the the talent to, to I think, I mean, she's such a great character actress. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, she could play me. See, I didn't realize that my daughter's watching Wednesday and I watched like a few minutes of it. It's really interesting. I'm going to sit and watch it. But she was actually in Iron Man 2, I think. Oh. Three. She was a little girl in a wheelchair that, the the vice president that was his daughter that he was helping so i think it was three but whichever one oh, she was in God. there i didn't know that it's like the, the there's a band called the pretty reckless that i really like and this lead singer was the girl who played i think she's in gilmore girls now but she was the uh, little girl from uh, the grinch oh yes um isn't her name like taylor mumsen something I like thanks so, something like that yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Yep, I didn't realize that was her because I love her music. And my daughter, she started listening. She wants to make a band called the Pretty Pickles. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> That's <was> funny. <laughs> um, if if there's three things on your bucket list, what would they be? What are the three things on your bucket list? Okay, um, I I'm terrified to do that, but I'm so curious what it would be like to jump out of a plane. I've gone paragliding scary because you're in mexico like have to run <laughs> and then jump off a cliff and the first 
five seconds, I was like apologizing to, because you have to go with an instructor. And I was like, I'm sorry, I messed it up. You, you told me like, you know, <laughs> so they tell you steps to do. I didn't do any of them by the time it was, he was like, okay, just run. And I was like, ah, so it was running. And it felt like a cartoon because we were, I still was running, you know, when we had jumped and he was like, you can stop moving your legs now. And, I, and then, and I was just like, I'm sorry, I messed it. I didn't do anything you said. We're falling. I'm sorry. And then he was like, no, everything's good. So once I saw like, oh yeah, we're, we're actually gliding. It was incredible. So, um, I would like to see what it's like to jump out of a plane. Um, I would love to go see the pyramids. And um, bucket list would be to have a show at the Hollywood Bowl with like a full orchestra. That would just be incredible. Be and cool. if I could, you know, copy Billie Eilish and get to sing with Danny Elfman, I don't need to go see the pyramids or jump out of a plane. <laughs> that would be it. <laughs> see, I do. That's one thing I want to do. Like I've been bungee jumping. I haven't been paragliding yet. I want to go. Um, jumping out of a plane is one of them. I took the kids. We went on a, a my oldest son. He's 26. We went to um, like a college trip. So we went to visit Stanford. That's one of the schools. And while we were there, we went to a place. And this is why you probably shouldn't leave kids with their fathers because they like to do crazy things i took them to an indoor skydiving place that was fun i was like let's go do that and they had they, <laughs> it was so i got videos and stuff it was hilarious and i was like let's go do all that stuff that's i like that stuff too i like the the drilling field things and it's, it's, it's so much fun so much fun yeah it's fun so my my mom and dad are the same i think it's funny because i feel like my my mom is technically like the more in some aspects like kind of not scaredy cat but like we'll be like oh I don't know but she's done more than my dad except he has gone scuba diving and my mom hasn't so lots of times my dad will like egg us on like yeah do this go do this like mm -hmm. jump out of this go zip lining here <laughs> but he won't do it but it's my mom who does it with us so <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what we're good for egging it, <laughs> egging it on yeah, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. And then when you just get really, you're like, why are you doing it, Dad? <laughs> I, I took my oldest son. We were in Utah again on the father son trip. We went to another state, went to Utah, and we went to uh, where they had the Olympics at the time. And so it's like a, a theme kind of park now. So we went, you zip line, and then you had to repel down. That's the only way you can get down. Well, he was, I guess he was 17 at the time. He might have been 16. So we, we zip line over and then it's like, okay, he said, well, how do we get down? He said, we well, got to repel. And he goes, what? So he's, he's stepping over there and he goes, shit. I was like, son, he says, dad, I don't, don't talk to me about my language. Now look what I'm looking at. I was like, son, it's easy. Just because you take the repel. Cause I've been repelling a couple of times and we had a, in high school, we had an outdoor ed class that we repelled off the football stadium. It was fun. So I knew how to do it. Well, they had a big mat down there and they had a guy to help him. He didn't hit the brake at all. He just basically jumped off the tower. <laughs> Poor guy. He won't ever do that stuff again. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. Um, if you could give one more question for you, what's the best advice you've ever gotten? Uh, so that would have been from my mom and dad. And they were, they told me. Um, so I was in high school and getting, 
criticized by the counselors, which I'm sorry, counselors, but it's true. Sometimes you guys don't know what you're talking about. Um, I was an overachiever as a student and knew I would be going into the arts, but I always, I had, a, I also had a passion for science and math. So um, yeah, the classes I took tended to be like, I mean, I took like advanced physics and mm -hmm. calculus and, you know, so biology. So all of those, and I had a very high GPA. Uh, so when I told them that I was going to pursue fashion design, they were just like, well, why would you do that? You know, don't you want to make your parents proud? Like with your grades, you could get into any like great university, like don't throw away your life to go pursue this thing that's not real. And um, so I came home and I, you know, I, I like they put these thoughts in your head and um, very close to my mom and dad. So I just thought like, I mean, am I going to be disappointing them? But, you know, it was something that like they got in my head because yeah. I should have known my mom and dad better, but they got in my head. So I you know, my mom asked like what was going on. And I told her like, well, no, they said this. And like, is it true? Like, am I disappointing you for doing this? And so she was like, okay, you know what? Let's wait for your dad to get home. So they sat down and they were like, as long as you're happy, that's all we want. You can never disappoint us that way. And my dad was like, I don't care if you tell me, hey, I just want to be stay at home mom and that's my my passion that's what I want to do or I want to go be a doctor designer dancer singer whatever as long as you're happy you're never going to feel like you're working really because you are happy and that's what we want so um after that I just you know would have because these count like the sessions with the counselors when you're a junior senior are mandatory I just would like you know yeah sure like and then I did my own application and later on when I told them yeah I'm already accepted it's fine they were like oh so you are doing fashion <laughs> um but yeah so that was one thing that I've held on to and every time I've heard you know no you can't do this um I just go back to what my parents said that I'm free to do whatever I want <laughs> And um, if it makes me happy, then it's worth it. Sorry, my dog is panting beside me. He's got to go outside. Get to <laughs> He's probably going to be on the only recording. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you again for coming on the show, Emily. I I've had fun. Like I said, we I know we had a hard time getting getting it going because everything is happening, and then it's just the, the uh, schedules kept messing up. But thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I've had a good time. So have I. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh it yeah, I feel like we could keep talking. <laughs> oh, we could. i I get long winded. I've got interviews that last forever. I mean, it's it, it's fun because it's that's why I do it this way. It's a conversation. Yeah, I'm a, we're gonna talk about your music, we're gonna listen to it, but we're gonna talk to you. And I think that's how you kind of can can relate to people. If they can relate to you, they can hear your story and like, oh, okay, she did this. Well, I did that, my daughter went through that, or I'm going through that. And it helps them. So I, I really appreciate it. I mean, because a fashion design, I know my daughter's going to listen to it because she, she likes that stuff. And I find it interesting because even though I have no clue. And when you, I tell you, if I've come there in your fashion show, I'm, you're probably going to see me like this, my jeans and my hoodie. That's me. That's <laughs> it. 
I might, I might be in it. I might be in an inappropriate t-shirt. I do like funny t-shirts, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but tell everybody where I can find you one more time before I let you go. Uh, so you can find me um, on all my socials under Emily Dakarat. Um and same for, for, well, for my fashion, it's uh, emilydacrit.com. For my music, it's emilydacritmusic.com. And you can find, you can stream my music um, on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, uh, Pandora, Deezer, Tidal, all of those streaming platforms. And uh, yeah, please feel free to keep up with me on my socials. I tend to tease things. I'm also a visual artist. So um, that's kind of where I showcase a lot of the storytelling of fashion and music and, um, you know, kind of get into character for those things, which is so fun. <laughs> so a little different. I feel like they're like different personas I create that are still me, but just different. <laughs> so yeah. Well, again, everybody, this is the Georgia Songbirds, and that was Emily Dakrat. And again, Emily, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Jesse, for having me. You're welcome. And I, like I said, it's all pre-recorded, so I will let you know. There's a few in front of you. Uh, it's about four or five, I think, in front of you, but I will let you know before I release it. Uh, and then it will be available everywhere, iHeart, Spotify, all the platforms. You can stream it and share it. And I always ask guests to do two things. One, of course, share it with everybody you know, help get the word out about the Georgia Songbirds. And two is if you know of any singer-songwriters, artists that would like to come on a show that we should hear, send them my way. Well, it's exactly like we did. We'll have a conversation uh, or we can do an album review. And what I do when I do an album review, and if you want to come back for that for an album review, we can do it too. It's not typical. I'm not going to critique it, you know, I don't do that. I'm a songwriter. I have a band. I, I've been playing music since I was 15. What I like to do is you tell me the stories and we'll listen to the songs and that's it. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. I'd love to do that. Yeah. So just let me know whenever you're available for when you do it and send, we'll, we'll basically do the same thing, put it up on zoom and then tell stories. And sometimes we get sidetracked cause I do get long winded, but it's, it's pretty much that's it. Okay. And, um, yeah, I will let my, a lot of my friends know. Um, I know some of them are actually coming out with music in the spring, so it would be pretty perfect for them. Yeah. And like I said, I, I get booked pretty far so they can come on. Um, and we'll do the same thing. Album reviews, interviews, just like this. Uh, just let them know how much fun you had. And it's pretty much the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Emily. Now, all right, everybody, this is Georgia Songbirds, and that was Emily Decker. Thank you, Emily. Thank you. Bye. Bye.